promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome to The Clay Young Show. Glad to have you back here on The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com and iTunes, and now on the Talk 107.3 mobile app. It is indeed a pleasure to talk with you as we do on a weekly basis. Our guest this week is not a politician, so we won't be talking politics in the body of the show, at least not a lot about it. Maybe some of the political nature of what's happening in Cuba as we chat a little bit about that. Our guest is David Savona who is the executive editor of Cigar Aficionado magazine. It is the preeminent magazine for men. It is, as they call it, the good life magazine for men. It's not just about cigars, although it is rooted in the cigar enthusiast genre, but it's also about clothes and spirits and cars and golf and just so many fascinating things, and it features discussions with celebrities and political figures and athletes and uh, just all of these fascinating people across uh, you know, different cultures. And I've enjoyed the magazine for a great number of years. I actually get it both at the office and at the house. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've walked out to the lobby and some lady is reading through the magazine and she's pulling the little card out to subscribe saying she wants to get it for her husband. Had that happen a lot. Or asking about cigars and saying, hey, I'll get him a box of these. What do you know about that? It's a great conversation piece when we put them out on the table in the waiting area here at the offices. And uh, the magazine, like I said, it's, it's got good stuff on the inside, good reads. And even if you aren't a cigar enthusiast, there are things in there that might fascinate you, like I said, about golf and places to vacation, types of cars. I mean, it really is a good publication David's going to be with us to talk about the history behind the magazine, how he got there, and he's going to talk about his favorite cigars. You know, there's this big discussion over smoking cigars, and cigar cigar enthusiasts will tell you that smoking a cigar is not like having a cigarette. Generally speaking, cigar smokers aren't outside in 40-degree weather puffing on a heater because they got to get that nicotine kick. A good cigar generally will take you 45 minutes to an hour to enjoy, and it's always a part of a a conversation piece, you know, part of the camaraderie between people, mostly men, hanging out, talking about everything under the sun from sports to politics. And uh, it's an enjoyable accoutrement to a great moment in time, and I think that he'll get into that on the show, and you'll hear that. And again, even if you're not an enthusiast, it's a fascinating discussion that I hope you enjoy. Speaking of politics earlier, I said we wouldn't be doing it in the body of the show, but we would be making reference to it. I'll just say quickly here, on the presidential front, I have no doubt in my mind that Joe Biden is going to run for president. Anyone who's falling for the I don't know what I'm going to do game has not been paying attention to politics on both sides of the aisle for the last 40 or 50 years. I think he's going to run. On the Republican side, the field will thin at some point. Trump is still the lead dog. Ben Carson, his 
pretty strongly entrenched at the number two spot right now, so much so the National Enquirer is attacking him. That's when you know you made it big. And uh, all of the people following him are just kind of chasing the lead dogs, and Jeb Bush is hanging around there. I've said to you before, and until I see something different, I'm not changing my mind. I think Jeb Bush is going to be the nominee on the Republican side. I know people go, what? Are you crazy? Well, let's see. It's, it's just my guess right now. Just one man's opinion. He's got a lot of money. I think he's going to have the staying power. He will be the nominee. And even if Joe Biden does get into this race, I still find it hard to believe that Hillary Clinton won't be the nominee on the other side. So you could have a repeat of Bush Clinton again and the possibility of a third party candidate because there really really is no guarantee that Donald Trump won't run for president, even as a third party candidate. I know he signed the agreement, but come on, really? In Louisiana, the governor's race is certainly heating up. The four candidates who are running for the four major candidates who are running for the office are all jockeying to make the runoff. I think David Vitter, U.S. Senator David Vitter, is a write in. He's going to get there. I think the man that the other that of the three other major candidates, John Bell Edwards, the Democrat, Scott Angel, the Republican, Jay Darden, the other Republican, the two Democrats are trying to leapfrog the major Demo- the two Republicans are trying to leapfrog the major Democrat that's left so that they can get into the runoff because the trend in Louisiana politics the last several cycles has been it's hard for a Democrat to win a statewide elected seat here. And I don't know what the game plan is for the two weeks leading up to the election. And by the way, that begins this weekend. If you're listening to this show as it launches early, early voting starts on the 10th. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but they're going to have to really find a way to pull Democratic votes from John Bell Edwards to weaken him. Now, how do you do that without losing votes on the Republican side yourself? It's going to be fascinating to see. The truth is, David Vitter probably beats John Bell Edwards fairly handily right now because of the trend of the state, even though I don't know that he will ultimately be as strong in the end as he looks right now because of the number of Republicans who don't want to vote for him. John Bell Edwards is going to walk on to the October 24th election day with probably 28 to 34 percent of the vote penciled in for him because he's the only Democrat. It'll be really fascinating to see how that plays out. The secretary of state said to me and you on this show last week that he thinks the turnout will be 50 percent. Yeah, that sounds kind of high, kind of high. We'll see what happens with that. But right now, your break from politics. Let's talk about having a good time, enjoying the evening, a good fine cigar, and the executive editor of Cigar Aficionado will take us on that journey in the discussion that follows this quick break here on podcast225.com. Have you ever wanted to host your own podcast? Coming soon, Clay Young Enterprises and Podcast 225 will be giving you your big chance. You'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment to create a podcast that you can be proud of. You'll have an engineer and a professional show open and close. The Clay Young Show is already considered one of the best podcasts in the state. Get the same audio quality and professional packaging for your very own podcast. Stay tuned for more details. Your chance to have your own show is coming soon. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. He is David Savona, the executive editor of Cigar Aficionado magazine, a very 
widely circulated magazine. It is not just about cigars, though. It is about the good life. It is a magazine for men. Uh, it features cars and clothing and libations and all of those things that make evenings and weekend uh, time so enjoyable. And, uh, David, it's great to have you here on our show, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, Clay. Thanks very much for having me. So let's begin at the beginning. I was looking at your bio, and after you're an English major, after getting out of college, you ended up writing for a business publication. Is that correct? Uh, that's right. A small magazine called International Business Magazine. And so you did that for how long? I did that for five years. I was a senior editor of that publication. And then I was looking to make a change. I wasn't really into the whole business thing, uh, but I certainly love cigars. And I got a freelance assignment for Cigar Aficionado magazine. And uh, it was a magazine that I read and was very interested in, not only in the cigar subject matter, but the uh, other subject matter as well, the lifestyle uh, information. And there was a cover story of uh, Fidel Castro. Uh, Marvin Shankin, the owner of the magazine, got a sit-down, face-to-face interview with Fidel Castro, which I found fascinating. And I pitched them for a freelance story, and I got the assignment. When most people pick up the magazine, and I, I referenced it in the intro, that it, it isn't just about cigars, and, and you made mention of that as well. What's the general chemistry that you guys put into creating each edition? Do you have a ratio of this amount of information on cigars versus this amount of information on, say, cocktails or wine or whatever? Well, we always uh, come back to the cigar. The cigar is the anchor, if you will, the thing on which it was founded, on which Cigar Vishnata was founded. But we do try to put out a magazine that would appeal to not only cigar smokers, but to people who don't enjoy cigars, too. And while I dare say that most of our readers do enjoy fine cigars, there are plenty of readers who uh, who don't, who pick it up for the other articles. And we have uh, pretty heavy and extensive, uh, extensive coverage on the world of golf, uh, fine automobiles, as you said, gambling. I think we're one of the yeah. uh, only national magazines in America that uh, does a regular feature on gambling. We've got a great writer, Michael Kaplan, who knows the ins and outs of that world and uh, gets interviews with people that normally wouldn't talk to the press to talk about a very mysterious and interesting world. And we also cover fine spirits and uh, fashion a little bit. And, uh, you know, just the, the idea is to present information to a, an upscale, predominantly male audience and we just try to keep the reader interested. We want to give them a story that they're going to read in their leisure time, something to uh, pique their interest, to help them on their way of being you know, lovers of the fine things in life, and just uh, give them as much information as they possibly can to make them happy. How do you go about selecting your cover story and who's going to be? Not the I'm going to get to the June edition that talked about Cuba in just a moment, but some of the celebrities who are or who have been uh, cigar enthusiasts, how do you decide who's going to be on the cover and who will be your feature? Well, it's a bit of a, you know, uh, knowing what's going on out there, knowing which uh, celebrities are uh, in currently involved in projects. We try to time the cover of the magazine to a big project of a, of a movie star or celebrity. Robert De Niro's on our uh-huh. current issue, our uh-huh. October issue, and that kind of coincided with the release of his movie, The Intern. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we always try to find a celebrity who enjoys a cigar, and we'll talk about a cigar as well. But I, I'd say probably nine out of ten of our cover stars are cigar smokers, and the, then there's that tenth person, like a Robert De Niro, who, uh, either is not a cigar smoker or, in his case, is no longer actively engaging in the cigar lifestyle. 
You know, it's interesting. The in the nineties and I guess the early two thousands, there was such a boom with the cigar industry, and so many people were into it, and you saw them everywhere. And it seemed as though it waned a little bit. But I get the impression that it's coming back. That with the talk about Cuba, and then the emergence of all of these boutique blends and and companies, that it's it's kind of on the increase again. Do you find that to be the case as well? Well, there certainly seems to be an increased interest in in cigars, and particularly in Cuba. I mean, uh, with with Cuba in the news uh, since December, with President Obama saying we're going to uh, become closer to Cuba, normalize relations with yeah. Cuba, uh, that has certainly piqued the interest in the American public for news about Cuba. And when you think about Cuba, uh, you very often think about cigars. And when you right. think about cigars, we like to think you think about cigar aficionado. So it, it it is kind of working together for an increased interest in our magazine, and I think an increased interest in in cigars in general. Uh, Cuba is the birthplace of the premium cigar industry. Uh, they've been doing it for so long. Some of the world's most famous cigar brands were born in Cuba and are still made in Cuba. Mm-hmm. So the the talk about Cuba has put the Cuban cigar at the forefront of people's minds uh, in America right now. It's interesting because, and, and you're right about that, and the discussion over the quality of the cigar and that, that Cubans are by far and away the best. And I've had I've had a few Cuban cigars. I've had the Monte Cristo. I've had a, a couple different types of the go, the Cohiba. I love the Bihique. Uh, yeah. I've had the Partagas. Um, and, you know, still working my way through them. I'm sure there are going to be more of them when, when relations are normalized. What is your take on this debate over Cuban cigars versus everyone else? And that if once Cuban cigars are legal here, it's going to crush everyone else in the market. I don't believe that, by the way, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't believe it either. I mean, Cuban cigars are wonderful cigars. Not every Cuban cigar is a great cigar, but right. many of the cigars made in Cuba happen to be great. We've we've shown this in our pages, uh, you know, every uh, month to month, uh, issue to issue. You know, we rate cigars and we rate them blind, which means when we give them a rating, we don't know where they're made, we don't know what the brand is, we don't know how much the cigar costs. All, all we know is uh, it's a cigar, and we try to strip as much of a predetermined judgment out of it as possible. So rating in blind fashion, uh, you know, uh, Cuban versus Nicaraguan versus Dominican, uh, Cuban cigars, they do very well, but they don't always take the top ratings in our, in our magazine. And our current Cigar of the Year, which is our toughest contest, a mm-hmm. contest requiring several tests over and over again, our current Cigar of the Year comes from Nicaragua. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the the mystique about the Cuban cigar is very, very high, and the quality level is exceptionally high, but uh, it's a fairly even playing field in terms of quality, as far as I'm concerned. So when Cuban cigars are sold freely in the United States, I think in the very beginning there'll be a, a, a tremendous upsurge, and uh, I think there'll be a lot of people buying the Cuban cigar just yeah. to try something they've been deni- denied for so long, or legally denied for yeah. so long. Yeah. But uh, when they, when uh, the typical cigar smoker judges them as the way in the way we have over all these years, I think that person will say, "Hey, you know, it's a these are excellent cigars." But uh, I don't think people are going to tear up their Dominicans and suddenly uh, no. exclusively smoke Cubans. I, I think some people will pick up Cubans uh, and maybe smoke them exclusively. I think others will stick with what they like right now. But I think the majority will smoke them the way we smoke them here at the magazine, which is you know we, there's a 
time of the day when I want a Cuban cigar, <laughs> a time when I want a Nicaraguan, and a time when I want a Dominican. I, I like to have choices. Man. And I think the average American consumer will want to have choices as Listen, well. David, your Instagram account makes me angry at you sometime because you're, you're, you're going to enjoy these great cigars that I'm thinking, man, I wish I had the, I could go do that right now. Sometimes in the evening when you're thinking, choices, choices, what do I have to choose from? It's phenomenal. I think that's the greatest thing about cigars. They don't have to be expensive to be good. Uh, you don't have to pay 40 bucks for a cigar to really, really enjoy it. It's just really about what you're into and the taste and, uh, you know, from everything to the size of it and what you're pairing it with and what you're doing, the time of day that it is. It's more engrossing than I think people who, who don't enjoy them may may think. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you, and I do agree. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get a great cigar. Uh, that current cigar of the year I was telling you about, it's a $13 cigar, which is yeah. certainly not cheap, but it's yeah. not the most expensive cigar in the world. But there's, there, there are great $5 cigars out there if you know where to look. Uh, you don't have to spend a ton to get a good smoking experience. And you know, cigars are, I don't know, I call them conversation starters. Yep, you know, that's right. I, I was at a cigar dinner uh, last week, and uh, uh, five of us sitting around a table talking about all manner of subjects, you know, everything from World War II to current events. <laughs> that's and, right. and we're just sitting there smoking, relaxing. Nobody was checking their phones. It was like a throwback in time. You oh, know, my we, gosh. Uh, yeah, eye-to-eye contact, a casual conversation. Didn't matter what, who you are or what you do, just... Uh, Sit back, chat, have a cigar, and enjoy the conversation. You know, for the last couple of years, I've given a fundraiser here in Baton Rouge to, to benefit military veterans. I call it Smoke Em If You Got Em, David. And it's we get together at a restaurant here. They have a nice courtyard. And on a Sunday evening, uh, it's a cigar and scotch mixer. People come out. There are cigars there for you. Uh, there are cocktails. We've had, we, you know, we have some hors d'oeuvres there. We give all the money, 100%, not a portion, all of it to a mili- uh, an organization that helps military veterans. And it's one of the best times we just kind of stand around and talk about everything from football to politics. Everybody's enjoying themselves. And it's just wonderful to be able to do something like that. No, what a, what a great cause to support the military like that. That's uh, fantastic that you do it. And, and, and to boot, it sounds like a wonderful event. So let's talk about your favorite. I'm, you know, we talked about Cubans. I'm partial to Nicaraguan. I love Nicaraguan uh, cigars. I, I love a Honduran wrapper on, on almost anything. It's, it's amazing. But what about you? What are your faves? I like all kinds of cigars, you might imagine. But in terms of personal favorites, uh, I'm a big fan of Padrones. Uh, yeah. The Drone 1964 Anniversary Series Exclusivos, uh, fantastic. I smoke a lot of Fuentes from the Dominican Republic, uh, particularly uh, like the Fuente Fuente Opus X. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfection number two size would be my favorite. And I'm also a big fan of Bolivar Bellicoso Finos from Cuba. Uh, so, so right there, I've given you cigars from three different countries, yeah. one Nicaraguan, one Dominican, one Cuban. Um, I, I'd say those are three of my go-tos, uh, but... Uh, you know, there's just a, an awful lot of great cigars out there right now. There's a, there's a new, just to throw out a new one um, that's kind of on my radar screen now. It's called La Raña. I just from, picked uh, it up Friday. I picked it up Friday from a place uh, okay. here in town with the, with the orange um, petticoats on it, like the with the wrappers and everything. Yeah, that's right. Have you yeah. smoked it yet? I have not. It's in the humidor. I, I, I wanted it to sit. Whenever I go and get some, I'll try to let them sit for a couple of days. And But I'm probably this evening after this conversation, I'll light it up. Have you tried it? Oh yeah, we've given uh, we've given them pretty good ratings in our magazine, and they're very nice. They've got a uh, just a great flavor, and they kind of uh, kind of have a distinctive flavor, something that uh, uh, sets it apart, I think, from a lot of other new cigars. So that's a good one to try, I, I think. Um, and not a bad idea to let them sit for a little bit. If you can, you know, patience and cigars uh, go hand in hand. So if you if you can let your cigars sit for a bit or a long time, even uh, 
you're usually re- rewarded. Cigars do like uh, like a little bit of age on them, a little bit of patience. You know, last year there was an event here in town at one of the cigar retailers, and the uh, I forget his name now. He's the master blender for uh, CAO, and he lives in Florida. His name escapes me, but we were talking about the Amazon Basin. I had not tried it before, and he was giving me the history on it, and he was talking through the proper way to enjoy a cigar and being patient and taking your time and allowing it to heat up. And, you know, some things that you, you do instinctively, but you don't recognize that there is really a purpose behind the way you enjoy a cigar. Well, sure. That may have been Rick Rodriguez. Rick, that right, that's right. Sure. That's exactly right. Yeah. Sure. Great guy. He is a great yeah, guy. Yeah. I mean, um, everything, if you take your time with cigars from, from letting them sit for a little while in your humidor, um, not rushing them when you smoke them, you know, if you don't want to puff too, too frequently. And that, uh, not puffing them too frequently keeps the cigar burning nice and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the more you puff it, the hotter it gets. And when, when the, the, it gets very hot, you, uh, you tend to lose some of the flavor. Uh, so, you know, a, a puff or two a minute is what we recommend. Yep. Uh, you know, and again, cigars are an unhurried lifestyle uh, at their best. You know, they're not meant to be, they're not built to be smoked, uh, you know, at the, when you have five minutes uh, taking a coffee break, you know, like you see a lot wow. of cigarette smokers yeah. taking their, their little cigarette break, and it, it, cigars aren't like that. Cigars are, are meant to be savored over time, uh, to relax, to enjoy, and uh, because it's really a lifestyle, it's not a habit. And it's it, it's something that when you rush it, it's really, you're missing the point. That's right. When you, uh, if, you if you don't have a uh, you know, good hour to dedicate to your cigar, you know, maybe, maybe you do it the next night, and that's fine. Right. You don't have to have them every day. Uh, have them every once in a while. Have them when you can you know, give them the time to enjoy them and uh, and truly sit back and, and, and understand the flavors. It's all about the flavor and the the experience. And you, you, you taste that in your mouth and uh, just enjoy something, maybe a nice uh, a nice spirit to pair with it, like a yeah. good scotch or a yeah. bourbon, and yeah. uh, you're good to go. You know, I love have – you, have you tried Camus? Oh, certainly, yes. Uh, I, it's, Wonderful one. It's, 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 it's fantastic. It's hard to get. I've been hoarding it. When I find it around towns here in Louisiana, I get it and I keep it because it's so hard to find. And not every restaurant has, not every restaurant will sell it because they don't have it. But I enjoy that with almost anything, but particularly uh, something a little bit bolder in flavor. I find that reds, are, are they can handle a nice, bold uh, taste of a cigar. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the... I, I love the Rocky Patel uh, Prohibition. It's a good cigar to have with a, with a red. Padron is great, but you know, what about you? What are, what are your go-to pairing you know, situations here, depending on, I guess it depends on what you eat or what you're doing, though, right? Sure. Uh, you, you mentioned Camus. I don't know if you realize this, but you chose a wine that's made by a winemaker, Ch- Chuck Wagner, who enjoys yeah. a great cigar, so good for yeah. you. Uh, he makes I, a conundrum I, as well. I'm a big fan of his, of his, uh, of his work. He does. He does. He's a great guy, too. The uh, uh, typically when I'm having a cigar to pair with a cigar, I'm usually uh, if it's really cold uh, on the colder side out, I'm usually going with the scotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if it's a little bit warmer out, I might be pairing it with a, I don't know a bourbon or uh, sometimes even a cognac. I, I do tend to go with a brown spirit. Yeah. Or actually, uh, an aged rum is good too. You know, uh, rum is made in many of the countries that make cigars also right. make rum, and uh, they tend to go hand in hand. I think uh, that's that's my typical thing. I don't always have a, a uh, a drink when I have a cigar. Um, it 
when I'm not having an alcoholic beverage, uh, coffee, coffee and cigars. I, think I, are wonderful. Re- I got yeah. into that. I really enjoy it. I didn't do that for the longest, but when I get the time in the morning now, before having to get into the office, I'll stop and take about 45 minutes to have some coffee and I'll sit out in the courtyard. I have a television out there, so I'll watch the morning news and have a cigar and drink coffee, man. It feels like I'm on cloud nine and a half. <laughs> that's the first cigar of the day with a cup of coffee. That's about as good as it gets. So now the 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 rating period. I watched a video uh, that Matola did, I guess, last year, talking about going through the process and how the the wrappers are taken off, and each cigar is assigned a number, and you guys go through the grading process and and all of that. But take us into that process for people who are enthusiasts and who buy your magazine, who have always wondered how do you really come up with the top one hundred or whatever cigars. Well, certainly. Well, first of all, we rate cigars in each issue, and we have a person called a tasting coordinator who uh, goes out and buys cigars and assigns them a code. He's not a taster because he he's the one who actually handles the cigars, and he takes off the regular cigar band. Say it's a Arturo Fuente, that band will come off and replaces it with a generic band. We actually use if you ever uh, see uh, file folder labels that you buy in an office supply store. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. We're heavy users of those. We go through those all the time. And uh, so it sets up perfectly. It's about cigar band size, and it gets a number uh, or a a letter and a number, depending on what we're doing. And uh, he holds the code, and he passes out the cigars to the tasters. They're kept properly humidified at all times. And the tasters smoke the cigars, assign them a number rating on a 100-point scale. And there's always more than one taster on each cigar. And the scores are averaged. If the scores are... Actually, we're very, very close with a lot of these. It's, it's kind of uncanny. But when, when scores are far apart, we assign another taster to the cigar and sometimes a, a fourth taster if necessary. And uh, we, we assign a number based upon how those tasters uh, smoke the cigar, based on appearance, which is a very small part of the equation, smoking characteristics, you know, the draw, the burn, flavor, which is the most important, and then overall impression. At the end of the year, when we have a number of high-scoring cigars, the cigars are bought. The, the the best ones, the highest-scoring ones, are bought again, and they're thrown into another contest, which is where we get our top 25 from. At the very end of the year, we name 25 cigars that we consider the best of the year, and one cigar that we deem the cigar of the year. So to be a a cigar of the year, you have to uh, shine in the tasting multiple times. It's a very tough process. Is that why? say the top 10 because the cigar of the year not this past year but the year before was the cuban monte cristo is that why it's hard for say a cigar in the top 10 to make it into the top 10 the following year well it's hard to make it into the top 10 the following year because we try to give cigars another chance others another chance so if Monte 2 was the cigar of the year two years ago we're not going to seek out a Monte 2 for a rating again for Sometime, so it's essentially not a candidate again because okay. we want to. You know, there's uh, other cigars out there. It, 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 we don't feel it's uh, beneficial to you know necessarily look at them again right away. Interesting. Uh, give give another cigar a chance to shine. So it's not an indictment on the Monte Two. It's not saying the Monte Two is not good this year. It's saying okay, we've 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 done the Monte Two story. Let's look at other cigars now because we we can't rate every single cigar out there. Uh, even though we try. <laughs> yeah, so, I, 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 I can only imagine how hard that is. Is there any political pressure, I mean political in quotation marks, by some of the manufacturers who are advertisers with you to say, hey, you know, we've been an advertiser for a while. How about a little love on the top ten? 
Oh, people ask that. They've been asking that for years. Uh, and my answer is always, if you want a better rating, you make a better cigar. <laughs> I like if that. It's not a popular answer, but that's the way it is. If uh, if we had compromised with our rating system, uh, there's no way Cigar Vishnata would, would be celebrating 23 years in business. Absolutely. The, the, ra- the ratings are, uh, we consider them sacred. Uh, we, we, won't, we won't bend on our ratings. We won't. You know, we won't pump up an advertiser. Uh, if you look at the cigars that get, get good ratings with us, uh, some are advertisers, true, and because most, if, if you're going to advertise a, a cigar company, we're the natural place to go. Mm-hmm. But we give a lot of great ratings to cigar brands that are either too small to advertise or opt not to advertise, or in the case of Cuban cigars, are legally prohibited from advertising with us because yeah. of the embargo. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, you, you know, people have asked that question over and over again. And sure, there have been people who say, hey, you know, help, you know, show us a little love, help <laughs> us out. And, and our answer is no, it doesn't work that way. And that's the only way to do it. If you uh, if if we compromised on that, we just wouldn't be who we are, and it would it would ruin our business. You know, Matt Booth is actually as we record this, Matt Booth is going to be in town or is in town today for an event at one of the stores here. When you look at people like Matt Matt Booth or Jonathan Drew or some of the the younger you know fresher talent in the cigar industry, who do you consider a superstar? Someone that you look at and you say, okay, they've got it together. They're going to be really rocking and rolling for the next twenty five years. Oh, you, you named uh, two very colorful individuals who are have been very very uh, wonderful for the cigar business. I mean, uh, you know, Matt's a very creative guy, a jewelry designer, uh, former Marine yeah. uh, turned cigar maker. And he is, in a fairly short time, built up a brand that has uh, serious legs. Rim 101, which is now part of the Davidoff group mm-hmm. uh, via Camacho. Jonathan Drew, he's been doing this for a long, long time. Yeah. I think he's been in the cigar business as long as I have, which is 20 years. And John is incredibly creative and a uh, very nice guy and really has created an amazing cigar company. I mean, Drew Estate uh, has turned into, it's one of the largest cigar producers in the world. And uh, they've got a number of brands. They've gone from being a company that uh, focused on flavored cigars, which is really not our focus, not the type of cigar that, you know, we look at in the, in the very high-end premium market, yeah. to a company that now also makes uh, traditional cigar brands like Liga Pravada and uh, Herrera Esteli. So I, you know, I see a guy like John as someone, uh, you know, that definitely built for the long term. Um, and there's a lot of other uh, people that have really established themselves and are going to be here for a long, long time. Rocky Patel, I think, is a great example. Yeah, uh, he's a guy who, uh, you know, started selling cigars. Uh, we call it the old shoe leather express. You right. know, uh, in-store events, uh, yep. working as hard as anybody has ever worked in this business. And he's built a company with incredible legs that's uh, gone a long way, and I think we'll be here for. A long, long time. Let me ask you about that, particularly here in the last few minutes, The about Rocky Patel. Uh, I enjoy a great number of his cigars, and actually for, for two years in a, row, in a row, we featured the Rocky Patel Freedom at that cigar event that I was telling you about, because it just fits, the, you know, the patriotic theme for the fundraiser for military vets. But he's got, he's got a lot of cigars that he offers. Is it ever a case where someone has too many, where there's there's... There's so many that it's just one brand kills another because you've got so many on the shelf. Is that a thing? I think it's a valid question. I, you know, I think when you get to be a, a certain size, uh, there, there's always the, the the temptation to keep coming out with something new every year. And I think when you do that, I think inevitably you're going to start cannibalizing some of your other 
offerings. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you like, that's a, a, a track you want to take, that's up to you. Uh, where there's other companies that are very um, conservative in their releases. If you look at a company, again, like Padron, yeah. they, they, they make a fair number of cigars, but they don't release an awful lot of new items. Now, that's a company that's been around 50 years and yep. has a long track record, and they, they, what they do is uh, very hard for others to duplicate. I tried but their I, Connecticut uh, on Friday, the, the Damaso. Mm-hmm, the yeah. Damaso, yeah. Yeah, I tried it Friday. It was actually pretty good. Connecticut's can be very, very hit or miss for me because sometimes I've had some that are like smoking cardboard. And uh, that one was dynamic. I thought it was, it was pretty good. Well, they, they've been making cigars for a long yeah. time, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Padrones, the Padrones have some good tobacco and a lot of know-how. So for, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this, talking about Cuba. We referenced it a bit in the beginning. Uh, I, the, the July or the June edition of the magazine talked about Cuba and what's happening in that country. And, you know, and with this normalization of relations between the U.S. and Cuba happening or possibly happening, give us your take on where it is right now in Cuba and when it happens, how will that impact the cigar industry here in the States? There's a lot of excitement. When it when the embargo is dropped, and the embargo is still there, you can't go out and buy Cuban cigars now. Right. It's not legal yet, right. despite all the changes that have happened. Yeah. I fear that when the embargo is dropped, there'll be maybe a, a down move, downward movement in quality of cigars coming out of Cuba because They'll have to make more cigars to meet the demand. And when you rush production, uh, you can hurt the quality of the product. It happened in the past during the cigar boom. The Cubans increased production dramatically, and the cigars went down in quality. So I'm hoping they don't do that. I'm hoping that they resist the urge to ramp up production too quickly and try to do it in a measured careful way so that the quality doesn't suffer. Because as I mentioned before, the quality of cigars right now is very high. When will it happen? When will that embargo be dropped? I have no idea. I've been watching, waiting for this for a long, long time. Uh, I you will and say me both. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're closer today than we ever have been. The, you know, the moves by President Obama, you know, opening the embassy in the United States, uh, talking about the ease of restrictions for people to go to Cuba, certainly not the average traveler, but you know, more travelers than before, the ability to you know, uh, uh, use American credit cards, down there, whether that's not not so much the case in terms of actual acceptance, but legally at least it's happening happening right now. Uh, we're getting closer than ever. We're closer than we ever were. Uh, we just need to make that final step of actually having the embargo uh, be lifted for Cuban cigars to flow freely into the United States, and that is out of the hands of the president. Well, yeah, and I think it's, again, there'll be the fad smokers who don't really do them, who run out and think, oh, Cubans are absolutely the best ever. It just, they're good. But like you said earlier, not every Cuban cigar is a good cigar. Some of them are very pedestrian. And it's kind of been the, the, the case. So the next edition of the magazine, can you give us any, any insight on who's maybe going to be on the cover? A little sneak uh, peek, preview, something there? Sure. We actually uh, we just shipped that a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, the December issue coming out on newsstands on the 27th of this of October. Okay. And John Voight is on the cover. John, John Voight. Voight. Uh, yeah, yeah, fresh off of Ray Donovan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a veteran of so many great movies. And uh, he talks about loving a good cigar. And he's got a very interesting history. And he looks great on our cover. Looking forward to that. You know, you guys had Liv Shriver on, I guess, what, last year maybe? Yeah, about uh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, when he talked about the show and, and all that's going on. Well, I encourage people to buy the magazine. It is always a well-put-together 
uh, publication, great articles on the inside. If you're a novice and you want to learn about cigars, you can read the magazine and you can learn a great deal. I can tell you guys put a lot of effort, not just into the look of it, but into the thought. I mean, the, the articles are all well-written. Y'all do a great job. I enjoy the publication. I'm not blowing smoke because I have to pay for it. So if it wasn't good, I wouldn't spend money on it. It, it really, really is a good publication. And I've been a customer for a couple of years. Well, thank you so much. That means an awful lot. We have a, a, a great staff who works very hard to put this all together. And uh, they have pride in their work and what they do. And uh, thank you so much for saying what you did. Well, listen, I, I hopefully we can do this at some point in the in the future. And maybe, uh, by the way, how'd you like that heat in New Orleans when you were here a few, a few months ago? <laughs> that was serious stuff. That was hot. That was no joke. <laughs> and believe it or not, man, that, that is not as bad as it gets. But I heard from lots of people who were down there about how miserable and oppressive the heat was with the humidity. Well, you know what? I, I'll, ne- I'll never complain after the winter we had up here. So I'll never complain about the heat again. And it was uh, just... Just a joy to be down there. I do love coming to New Orleans. It was a lot of fun. It's a great town, and uh, I was sad to go. It's likely the last time the IPCPR will be there with everything going on now, don't you think? Yeah, we're going to be in uh, Las Vegas for the near, the near term. and uh, Yeah, sadly, I don't think we're going to be coming back to New Orleans anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know that everything that the city council is trying to do will stick. They're having some trouble with the casino there because of how it's impacting their bottom line, but... You know, it's it's a total surprise that politicians leap before they look, right? <laughs> <laughs> David Savona, the executive editor of Cigar Aficionado magazine. David, thank you for your time, my friend. Thank you so much. Clay Young here with John Fabry with Infinity of Baton Rouge and Infinity of Lafayette. You know, if you go on a search engine and search Infinity of Baton Rouge or Lafayette, you see reviews. And John, man, you got to be blushing by all of the accolades you're getting. Well, we've been fortunate. You know, we have a great staff, and uh, we're not perfect by any means. But if you check all the review sites, Mm -hmm. you know, Auto uh, Dealer Rater, Google, you know, there's a host of them out there. We do have, we do rate well. And uh, the best way is to check with customers that that have done business with us. Of course, we have a great product. We feel like we have a great staff. We understand people want to get in, get out, and have a pleasant experience. And we've had a lot of success with that. But again, you know, before you want to come in, if you want to check out our reviews, there's plenty of them there for you to, to review and uh, give us a call. We'd love to do business. It's a hassle-free experience in Baton Rouge, InfinityBR.com, and in Lafayette, InfinityLAF.com. This is The Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Now tell me that doesn't make you just want to go and have a great cigar and spend some time with friends and family and just good camaraderie there. Uh, Enjoy the conversation with David Savona, executive editor of Cigar Aficionado magazine. Want to give a shout out to a couple of places here in town. I think it's my first one. Actually, I've got three hellos to say. Uh, I've got to say congratulations, maybe more so than a hello to my friends, the Lyles family in Alabama on the birth of their new baby boy, Kaysen. Gorgeous kid. And that kid's got maybe the most wonderful godparents in America. I'm sure you guys can do that math. So uh, welcome to the world, Kaysen. And you've got a lot of love here waiting on you, little guy. And uh, so we congratulate them. They're in Alabama, though. So, you know, I'm hoping to get to him before his daddy infects him with uh, that roll tide syndrome that goes on. You know what I mean? Uh, the other two are to a couple of the cigar places here in Baton Rouge that do a great job. Don Juan Cigar Company in Baton Rouge and Habana Port 
cigar company. There are many of them, but those are the two that I know the best. And they do great jobs. And uh, Justine and uh, her folks at Don Juan and the folks at Habana Port who do a great job as well. We appreciate you guys. And uh, Matt Booth was here earlier this week and uh, came into town. And I'm sure people got a chance to enjoy it. I didn't get to get out for that event. Just a long day that day. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation again. And next week, our guest will be State Representative Daryl Orso on the show. Looking forward to talking to him about the election day activities, why he thinks he ought to be reelected, and what exactly are we going to do with this budget issue that just won't go away. We kind of put some scotch tape on it right now, but that won't hold it. Next year, we're going to have more things to deal with. And We'll talk with him about that next week on the show, right in the middle of early voting for the 2015 election cycle. Anyway, it's been our pleasure to have you here. Hopefully you enjoyed your time with us, and we'll catch you next week on The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.